Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about Thomas the Tank Engine, Thomas the Tank Engine 2, and Thomas the Tank Engine Pinball. It's our Thomas the Tank Engine Adult Thomas Fan Spectacular. That's right. You know, they've got that, you've heard of My Little Pony, right? You've got the Bronies, right? right. There should be an adult name for the Thomas the Tank Engine fans. Maybe that's just what they're known as. Adult that's, Thomas the Tank Engine no fans. Because that's like for Lego, it's AFOL, Adult Fan of Lego. That's the official acronym. So this could be ATOL. ATOL. Isn't that, that sounds like a, uh, like a Game it's one of, of those, Thrones character. It's one something. of those Mr. Science Theater uh, dollar movies rental <laughs> things from the 80s. ATOL. ATOL the, <laughs> the Wanderer. Right. <laughs> I think we just made a new, every go. Sign there we up. go. Um, so let's just jump right into it. We got a, a packed show. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the the story of Thomas the Tank Engineer, and let, for, for just without the games, give us a quick summary of the the uh, the, the world. Well, Thomas is a obviously for those that don't have children, right, or are of the age where they would have passed that, which was really was me. I guess my people my age, Thomas, I was exposed to only when my kid got into it. Yeah, I think maybe uh, the people that are your age that know about it are the people that were exposed to it through the books. Right? I was waiting for you to insult me violently with some sort of hideous <laughs> thing. Um, so Thomas the Tank Engine, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a show about trains at a rail, at a, uh, on an island called Sodor, the mysterious, large, beautiful island of Sodor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, it was based on a book series uh, called the Railway Series. Uh, it was uh, done by a guy named Reverend Wilbert Aldry. Wilbert, an unusual. I don't know how unusual Wilbert is. I wonder what the short is that. Wilby, Wilbert. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was. It's a very popular show. I, I assume it's still popular with kids. It's been around for a good while. Um, the, uh, the show chronicles the adventures of Thomas the Tank Engine uh, as the head guy. Although there are plenty of other engines on this, and there's. There's trains, there's cranes, there's planes. I didn't even mean that to rhyme. There's uh, other, uh, there's like boxcars, there's living uh, helicopters that talk to talk. There's mm-hmm. uh, and and what makes this unusual is that in, in addition to all of these uh, talking vehicles, there are also normal humans, and the humans interact with the the talking things. That's right. The uh, really the only named human. That I recall now in the movies and later on they they added some guys you know what what is uh, Sir Topham Hat in America I don't know I guess I know in England and maybe the rest of the world he's called the fat the fat controller that's right which he's the he's the guy that runs the railway and the thing is is that in the early books and in the early maybe even in the early TV series the uh, you know the the guy the reverend the, the author was he was he wanted Wilbert. all of he wanted all of the trains to be very very accurate which is cool because kids get to learn about real steam trains and also he was very demanding that the trains could never run by themselves they always needed to have their driver in the car now these days you never see that but in the in the books they were always there so the humans were always part of the story I always went on the assumption well the funny thing about the show is. The, like, even the good guy, or I guess everyone's sort of a good guy. There are trains that are real mischievous, and mm-hmm. there are trains that are pretty nice. Uh, but often, they do have people running them, presumably, but they just do what they want. <laughs> right, right. They, and the people don't really seem to care. You know, they just kind of, <laughs> I don't know if they just sit in them, or... It's always been kind of a gray it's, area. It's hard to tell. I think that they, they want to keep the drivers involved, but what what is their role? You never really know. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the funny thing about this show is, I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, I'm not going to say it's got a dark side, but it's it it's an odd show. The, the, to fully summarize it, the trains all have human faces on the fronts. And, uh, you know, and in the old version of the show... Everything is done with just uh, model trains. Yeah, well, and it's all and it's all done without the aid of computers. Okay, so the train is mad. It's got a frowny face. Well, maybe it gets cheers up later. The next time you see it, it'll have a happy face. It never changes its face during the shot. You know, they'll they go in and put mm-hmm. the new face on it. The island of Sodor is portrayed is uh, portrayed very beautifully. It's got castles. It's got beaches. It's got uh, bro- uh, boardwalks. It's got mines. Mountains. It's got everything. It's just a heck of an island, this thing. 
And uh, Sodor, Sodor, it's Ackerman. Yeah, I know. Uh, the uh, uh, and hospitals and schools, whole nine yards. So these guys go around and just do all the menial tasks. Like there's several of them. Thomas, of course, he'll do a lot of passenger transport. Percy does stuff like mail route and delivers milk. Huge, huge tanker tankers of milk. of milk, which we had debated about that on the on the on the uh, live stream earlier. Uh, but so you can imagine that that this is a good uh, title for kids. They got a lot. That kids like trains. They merchandise the hell out of this. I've spent a ton of money on this Thomas stuff. Mm-hmm. My kid had Thomas uh, had Thomas comforter, Thomas sheets, Thomas curtains, Thomas. Was Thomas toys. always his guy. He, he loved Thomas. Yeah. That was his guy. He, I mean, he was he was the perfect kid for the show. He just took it hook, line, and sinker. I've seen all the Thomases. You know, we talked about it. They're hosted, they're narrated by several different um, luminaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first was Ringo Starr, which I'm a big Ringo fan, as you know. And then you've got uh, uh, George Carlin, uh, Alec, uh, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Seems like there's a couple more that I'm missing in there, but it's like one guy I'd never heard of that wasn't super famous. But there has been a ton of guys. There's been like four or five guys uh, that have done the narration for it. Uh, and so... You know, popular show. So, of course, when you've got a popular kid show and you've got merchandising, sure, why not have some video games, right? So, and the Amiga uh, was right in the mix. I guess right place at the right time. And it mm-hmm. got it got three separate Thomas games. And we're going to look at them all. So, the first one we're going to look at is Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, it was a uh, game released in 1992. Uh, by an outfit called it was it was developed by an outfit called Peak Star Software. But you ever heard of Peak Star? You know I, I have not, and I would wager to guess that maybe their output wasn't great. Well, they had some titles. Okay. Now we've not checked out any of these titles, but they've had some titles that we're probably going to hit. They had F One World Championship Edition. Oh, okay. They had Moonshine Racers, which this is a game I've heard about. That I've, sounds interesting. I've never played it. It's right up our alley. Right, How have we not right. played that? They had Road Rash. Really? Right? Yeah. I take everything I said about Peak Star They back. did that for EA. Now, I haven't played a Road Rash on the Amiga. I've played it on... Uh, Genesis? I've, actually, I've played, played it on 3DO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that was one of the uh, big 3DO They had titles. a thing called Sooty and Sweep, which I wouldn't... I'd be surprised if that was another character that, that was pulled out of maybe a British... Uh, you know, this, maybe this thing. And then they did this and its sequel, which we'll get to later. So, uh, again, this game came out in 92... Uh, it was a uh, one-disc special, played on the OCS, ECS, the usual stuff. Uh, Bo, you have played this now a couple times, so why don't you let everyone know how this game works and what you do. Well, uh, you are Thomas, and you have... Uh, I think that there might be six uh, sort of stages in this game that you can choose at any point. And uh, what you are trying to do is you're trying to uh, pick up a... Uh, a car of goods or services and uh or do services yeah. at least and uh um, work it in <laughs> and deliver them to the the end point on the stage and so the the stages are all sort of side scrolling and sort of a pseudo isometric perspective where it's kind of top down a little bit like three quarters perspective but it's it's definitely side scrolling you're going from left to right um the the graphics are i think they're actually really beautiful um, the, the, the trains are really rendered well. Um, they're rendered accurately as far as the, the number of wheels and things like that. Um, the, uh, the thing that the, this game runs into as far as the, the downfall is the extreme difficulty of the game. Uh, the, the other trains are also out on the tracks and they are trying, uh, actively to, ram themselves into you um and <laughs> even your best friend yeah it repeatedly tries to kill you and you know it may seem like they're just sort of running random paths but there will be times where they'll literally back you back to the beginning of the stage you'll have to you know they'll run into you and you just have to take advantage of the short amount of time that you're invincible to get past them so you can move on with your task so it's kind of it's it's kind of weird um but the uh there, there are things that you can collect around the stages that give you bonus points. There's like little wrenches or buckets of water. 
Um, and th those add to your score. There are also bonus stages where you race against another car and the races are basically just button mash fests where you, you bash on your, your fire button uh, as fast like, as you it's can. It's like one button track and field. Exactly, exactly. Um, but for each stage, you know, you're either de you're delivering medical supplies or you're, develop you're delivering oil or, you know, there's there's any number of things that you can um, you can deliver. In, I, I guess, Passengers. Yeah. And um, so it's... It's a neat game. It's a neat concept. It's not something that, you know, when you think about making a Thomas game that's reflective of the show, you know, the the theme of these these trains, especially Thomas, he's a really useful engine. And this is, you're, you're doing sort of real world tasks uh, and completing them. The only thing that is not realistic about this is the, the way that the other trains, you know, try to destroy you. Um, but anyway, uh, I actually thought this game was pretty good. What did you think? I, I didn't think that. Uh, I mean, the, it, the game has some things going for it. You mentioned that the graphics look pretty sharp. They do. I like the fact that they they had enough common sense to go back and get some of the other engines from the show, and, and they're rendered as well. And they look nice, and Toby and Percy and some of the other guys, which is cool. I mean, if you watch the show, the uh, the uh, it's got you know it's got a cool scrolling. You know, it's parallax scrolling, which is nice. Uh, all that said, this is a game for kids. And I'm an adult, believe it or not. And I can't do well at this game. And I think to myself, if I, if I am not having any luck with this, how well is a child going to do? <laughs> My guess is not so good. That is, that's probably the biggest, the biggest fault that I can find with this is that uh, if this game was in fact marketed to children, you know, and, and Thomas fans are not like twelve-year-olds, you know, Thomas Thomas skews younger on the yeah. age range. You know, you're talking about three to six or three to seven, something like that is really your your prime Thomas age. And uh, this game, now, in its defense, um, you do sort of get unlimited tries at this thing. Um, you know, when you, when you die, you get sent back to the beginning. And if you, if you continuously press left, eventually, you know, you will, you will figure it out, but it's difficult to switch between tracks. It's, it's something that takes some fine motor control. So I, I agree with you, Aaron. I, I think that marketing this as a kid's game was a, was a misstep. Now that said, another problem I've got is you've got a, um, an awesome license here. Thomas the Tank Engine, and because the show's about adventure, about uh, seeing all these different sights and uh, uh, all the cool stuff that trains can do. I mean, the, like I said, the Sodor is rendered quite beautifully in the show. Uh, this game is, uh, is a sprint, effectively, which, I mean, there aren't too many shows where you're just have, going crazy like this. I think it would have been a lot more fun to have made this, like, a outrun with trains. You know, branching... Uh, uh, type thing. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. That sounds like the worst game ever. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. here. No, I don't mean outrun the Amiga version. I mean just something where an adventure game where you can go out and take. Like, I want to explore a, an area. How about that? I want an area to explore. Uh, Sodor has mountains. Sodor has mines. Sodor has castles. Sodor has cities. It would have been nice if there was something like, um, okay, how about this? How about a space taxi type thing where you can just go to these different areas and. Pick stuff up and deliver pastures back. Probably like a crazy taxi on rails. Something like that would have been cool. You know what I'm saying? But you're not buying any of this, huh? Well, I think you're asking a lot because there's, you know, a space taxi on the C64, like, I wouldn't necessarily call that a kid's game either. Well, I, I know. But I'm saying if you're going to make a game and you're not going to. And you're just going to tailor it toward not kids, why not make a good game and tailor it toward Well, see, not I, kids? I think that this is a good game. I, I think if, if this was not marketed for kids, I think it's something different. What is you know? fun about it, though, Boat? I mean... I like it. I like the way guys that... Guys just randomly run you over. I like the way that you switch the tracks. I like being on rails. There's not a whole lot of games that you play on rails like this. Uh, there's an arcade game, and I can't think what it's called, but I've got it on my main machine, that's sort of like this, except it's more of a top-down thing. Have you ever played that before, where you're on... Yeah, you're more on a train. specific on that. Though. Well, there's not too many arcade games where you're on rails and you're a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll grant you um, that. But anyway, um, I guess we'll just disagree on this one. You, I mean, you, you I don't... didn't like it? I like I don't it. super hate it. It's just... I like that it left a little bit to be desired. Okay. Now, 
But we can't leave this uh, game without talking about the memory challenge. That's part of it. Did you ever try the memory challenge? You know, I didn't. I didn't try the memory I did. challenge. I did. The memory challenge is your classic... Um, there's a big uh, ton of cards on, or thing of hidden things on, on, on the screen, and you pick a couple, and then you pick a couple more, and, if, and you're trying to match them up. Okay. It's basically nothing. However, it did prove to me that also, <laughs> like this, that I am not good at that either, <laughs> because my memory's crap. So I don't know if kids would have better luck with that than I did, but I didn't have much luck, and it's certainly not much fun, and it's certainly not... It's not creative, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds like something that they added they on. They tacked on, end. probably as a bullet point on yeah. the back of the box. Yeah. Now, uh, <coughs> surprisingly, this game didn't get a lot of, uh, of reviews. Uh, the uh, uh, I found one, uh, courtesy of our friends at Lemon Amiga. Now, actually, this was Hall of Light. And it Hall was, of Light, which we did find out, it's run by the folks over at the English Amiga board, so there is a connection there. Oh, is yeah, it? Yeah, Dream, Dreamcatcher filled this in on. That. I did not. I did not know that actually. Uh, well, good. It's a, it's a, a Hall of Light's a tremendous resource. We've talked about it in the past, and I always always like to like that particular site. Anyway, there's one review on here for this game, and it was from uh, the I believe the German magazine Amiga Joker, right? They were not fond of this game. <laughs> they, they were not it, kind to it. They were now they hated it a lot more than I did. They gave it forty nine percent. So they they dropped the hammer yeah. on this particular yeah. one. And it's I, again, um, uh, if you're into Thomas, you've got an Amiga. Like I set Luke down in front of this, and he fiddled with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he liked the pinball more, which we'll get to. But he fiddled with it. Uh, it just was hard for him to, yeah. to get. And it, yeah. I will admit, I, I should him, uh, uh, you know, uh, way back. Um, eBay on this particular, we'll just go in order as as we're doing them. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, there's nothing in the states. I, again, this is another game I, I I don't think was got an American release. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only copy I, was this in Germany, the one that you saw. Uh, I didn't look the where it was. It, it's in the UK. UK, okay. And uh, it was going for around thirty U.S. dollars. Uh, Maybe one of those rare but not extremely desirable. Items. Yeah. Now the funny thing about these Thomas games, and we'll get into, there there are people collect Thomas stuff. Sure. And so the the prices can get absolutely mad, mad, crazy mad. Uh, but uh, so when you've got a game like this, uh, what's the and you and it sold well from what I read. So what would you do naturally? You will naturally. It's time for a sequel to the sucker, and and sequel we had. And so they came out with Thomas the Tank Engine 2, uh, a.k.a. Thomas's Big Race. And this came out in 93, so a year later this was put out. Uh, this was developed by Peakstar Software. Uh, Peakstar, same crew. So, Boat, we just played this on our live stream. And I have played this one more than the first one. But give us a breakdown of what's changed and what has improved and what hasn't improved. Well, they basically took the first game and they made it a two-player game. So now you're, you can you can race against a, another person or against the computer. And um, you're, you're trying to get to the end of the track. Um... Other than that, it's pretty much the exact same. I don't know if you you know when we when we go this far back, when we talk about it today, we'd say the two games use the same engine. I don't know if engines really existed back then, but it's the same, the same sort of backgrounds. The track layouts are the same. It's the same perspective. Um, we couldn't play a whole lot of this game because when you back into certain zones where I guess they're like bonus things. Um, you the game locks up and so it's unfortunate because i feel like we might not be seeing all that there is to see in this but overall i think that you know as far as is my thoughts in the game this is a weaker title than the first game um it's it's basically just a race um there's you, you i don't think that, maybe you do later on but I didn't pick up anything like pick up cars or anything like that, and there there really isn't there really isn't a story. It's it's mostly just trying to get to the end. What did you think, Aaron? Well, I 
I think that the fact that they went with the split screen is impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, not an easy task on the on the Amiga, really. In, in, on in those days, on anything, I mean, that's it's neat. I this is a game that I enjoy if we're if we're playing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Would it be as much fun by myself? Probably not. Uh, like I said, at least uh, uh, having just killed the first, and I'll say that the first one had what's more had more of an adventure element than this does. Uh, this has certain tracks. I will say that there's like that gives you a choice of like I think there's eight different engines to play, which that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good variety. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, the backgrounds are are okay. Again, you when you've got that split screen going. You don't see the horizon. You don't see the mountains. The parallax right. scrolling. Now, I mean, they. It looks like the the backgrounds are a little bit more detailed um, than in the first game. The the immediate backgrounds. Yeah, the immediate yeah. backgrounds. Um, they they've introduced a, a fuel mechanic. It's odd because you uh, you don't actually refuel. You just go to the water pump and you stand under the water pump and that acts as your 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 fuel. Um, but you, you know you're trying to balance your fuel. Uh, it's a little bit more forgiving when you run into another train. You don't have to start completely over. Uh, you just it just slows you down because again everything is just trying to, to make your way to the end here. The uh, I like that it keeps records. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, to me, this is a more appealing title. It's more playable to me. Mm-hmm. All right, but again, you're just racing. There are different tracks. It's funny. The backstory of this seems sort of sort of stupid. <laughs> Basically, like the Thomas, I believe it's uh, uh, who's the big the big old grumpy engine Gordon. Gordon. They're fighting about who's the best engine, and, and of course the fat guitar's like, "Well, we'll figure that out." <laughs> we big boy, we'll put you on a race. Like this race, we're as we watch the live stream, Birdie coming to get Percy. What a riveting race that's going to be! You know, be. it reminds me of when they have the uh, like the, the 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 baseball player, the horse, and the motorcycle run around the bases all <laughs> yes. at the same time. <laughs> and then poor poor Birdie's got to go down the road. You know, and he's got and you've got the you got to negotiate the road. Yeah, I mean, now just, it is neat how you know if you were playing this two player and one player would be on the road and the other one would be on of the course, rails. It's, the flip side of that is cars just back up into you. Yeah. I mean, basically, the road is the track. It's mm-hmm. just without the track. I mean, it's still the traffic just goes helter-skelter. You can't go anywhere you want. Yeah, it's still the <laughs> same sort t- of game, but it is, I mean, it's variety that they didn't have to put in there. I guess, but I mean, how many times do I have to see these cars back down the road? Uh, I will say they've got they've got the uh, railroad crossings, which and and, and if you, if you uh, violate certain uh, railroad stoppage Etiquette, signs, yeah. The uh, the fat controller will appear on the screen to give you the business. You know, you don't like that. You know, despite the fact this is a freaking race and he booked this sucker. Mm-hmm. You know, you told us to race, you punk. But here we, we are. There's a, a British Bobby telling you to stop the stoplight. Mm-hmm. You know. So, uh, I think this one's more fun. But then again, they're not that fun in the first place, are they? Um. This one I didn't see anyone selling one on eBay. On e- which they're not. Up, I mean, they're, that's not. That's not really something that's. Up, I don't know. Maybe just right now there aren't any out there. Mm. Um, this one did get reviewed by a lot of magazines, and uh, Amiga Action, eighty four percent. Not mm, bad. Not bad. Amiga Action is reputable. Amiga Computing ninety percent. Um. For Amiga format seven out of ten, not bad. Amiga Power sixty eight percent. The one fifty six percent. Of course, some of those might be later reviews, uh, but uh, uh, you know it, it. It was a little better. I, again, I thought it was okay. It was still not that much fun. It was still too freaking hard. Uh, the memory game. Where'd that go? Yeah, they, they decided <laughs> I, I think it wasn't necessary. That right there is a ten point deduction <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, the sounds okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's. Well, the, the the song is playing. Oh yeah, you know, gotta have the song. And hey, <laughs> I'm how sick many of that how, song. how many Amiga games we've we played? Where, and they give you an option to turn the music off. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, there are so many lazy Amiga programmers that didn't put sound in their games at all. That whenever there is background music, I feel like that that's a, that's a plus. You know, it just occurred to me what would be a um, um, you could use this engine to make this a more, a more fun game. All right, you ready? I'm ready. You don't control the train. You control the track. You control switches. You see, and it, the thing scrolls ahead. 
You see the obstacles, and you plan ahead to to uh, to uh, switch the track that the train's on to avoid the obstacles. Mm-hmm. Now that would be a fun game. It would be for kids. It would be that's a good sort of uh, training thing for kids. You know, using logic. That would be a good game. Okay. So I submit that would be a better game than either one of these Thomas the Tank Engine games. Okay. Okay. You can't deny that one. I'll give you the outrun idea. That may have been a little south, but this I one, think there's much more merit in that. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Let's move along, shall we? So, you know, the Amigos, we're all about the pinball, right? We get deep in there to to find you the finest pinball games. We did Pinball Prelude a while back, but that wasn't nearly enough. We had to go and find some more. So since this is the Thomas the Tank Engine episode, we have delved deep into Thomas the Tank Engine pinball. Uh this was a uh, pinball game released in 95, so this came a couple years after the Thomas the Tank Engine, the big race. Um, this was a, uh, uh, this only allows one player, which I thought was weird. <laughs> I thought that was strange. This was a CD32 release. Yeah. Which well, strikes me as odd. Uh, but it looks good, so, you know, ish. It looks okay, you know. So it uh, looks just as good as most pinball games do on the Amiga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't look as good as Slam Tilt, but it looks just as good as Dreams, Illusion. I don't think it's as, it doesn't look as nice as as Pinball Prelude. I don't, but it's a different type. It's of a pinball. different. Yeah, it's a different sort of art. Style. Um. So, um, this game. This is a four table game. Now, me and Boat have had uh, a good while to fool with this, and I, I, I believe. Did, you did a pin, you did an Amigos play on this a long mm-hmm. time a long ago, time didn't ago. you? Yeah, uh, one of the first ones we did. Mm-hmm. Well, you did it, and uh, and this was way back. Uh, so you've got uh, uh, standard pinball rules. You've got four tables. Each table is named uh, for a, uh, a, a different track. Now I fiddled with this and found out that these. Uh, uh, now this this is. Uh... This is did that that screen did that look the same? This we're we're on the live on the uh, uh, video podcast. We're watching one of the videos. I don't know who, which is this Zeus or one of the guys. This is uh, Retro Gaming Network, and their their title screen looks a little bit different. Their their screen that they were just on looks. I a don't remember the Fat Controller sitting at that computer. Was he? And I just didn't. <laughs> I, I wasn't the... either. <laughs> but when you start this game, it, you see the Fat Controller. He's at it again. He's got pictures of. The, he's the, always the mastermind behind yeah, all these games. Sir Topham Hat. He's got four. He's got four uh, different. Uh, uh, four different uh, engines there, and you can pick each one has a table. So the first table, of course, we did was Thomas. Thomas has when these tables come up, uh, the they they look pretty good. Uh, I think the uh, uh, the scrolling is nice. Mm-hmm. It's but I mean it's standard stuff, and these were presumably marketed for kids uh, uh, back in the day. They have uh, lots of flashing lights, and like and, and each I will say each pinball machine is a little bit different. So we're gonna grade them on their on each one on their own merits. So. What did you think of this first table? I I thought it was fine. I mean, it's it's got your standard. It's it's the most standard layout, I think, where you have sort of a uh, a loop around that the, the ball can travel through if you if you hit it up up in the top. Uh, it's got three bumpers, sort of at the uh, the one o'clock position. Um, it's got a bunch of drop targets that you can hit the light uh, light lights. Uh, all of these tables, you know, they're like we talked about. They're designed for kids, so there's no outlanes. The only way you can lose a ball is through the the middle. But that said, um, it is still easy to lose balls because of the the main problem that all of these tables have, which is that your ball feels like it weighs a million pounds. It's just very very difficult to shoot the ball to the upper part of the play field at all, even when you're trying to. And a lot of times you'll try and, you know, really hit the ball at the end of the flipper um, to get it up there and you'll end up losing a ball because you, you don't do it right. I It would be, uh, I'd be remiss if I don't mention that this game was put out by an outfit called Spidersoft. Spidersoft only did a few games. They did a game called Cliffhanger uh, for Psygnosis. But the two games that are more uh, pertinent to this conversation are this 
they did this, obviously, Thomas Tank and Pinball. And they did a game in the same year called Pinball Mania. And I, we've not played Pinball Mania, uh, but uh, word on the street is that it suffers from a similar problem, which is the, a really heavy ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, uh, as Boat said, I had the exact same experience. We went in and tinkered with the... the I will say, to their credit, they gave you the option to tinker with the level of the field, play field. And while it made a, a little difference, it didn't make enough difference to make it uh, to make it work. Uh, this table has no multi-ball. Uh, in fact, none of the tables have any multi-ball. Uh, they have, the scoreboard is not animated, or like if you're used to the pinball fantasies, pinball dreams, this is none of that. This is just a, at the bottom of the screen, there's a, there's a, Cloud with the with the uh, with the player and the uh, um, score in it. Now, just looking, I was. It's funny the 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 version that we played the uh, title screen with where you do your options that did look a little bit different. And I noticed this one had an option for multiple players, which I didn't see that in our in the mm-hmm. one we had. So we may have an older an older version of this that we're using. So I guess that's a good thing. You can have multiple multiple players on it, but. Uh, this particular table uh, is boring to me. Uh, as nice as it looks, and I do like the fact that the ball drips in behind those clouds, so we can assume those cl- those clouds are uh, uh, three different uh, uh, you know targets up mm-hmm. in there. But uh, um, there's just not much going on here. And again, it's a pinball machine for kids. If you're a kid. It would be fun, you know. There is animation in that. There, school, there. Right? You know, I mean, you'll get messages, but it's not like what you're used to with like a digital readout, like you're used to the other pinball machines, you know, or where, where they have the they try to simulate like a, a, a what is it's that? It's not like oh, a DMD. Cor- yes, right. that's what I was looking this for. This is it's a more DMD. like the the pinball. The first pinball is it dreams? But, they, but like, they still sort of tried to simulate. They simulated the old score, old school LED scoring right, system. Right. Uh, and this one, this one just had. A, I mean, it'll occasionally patch a little message at the bottom of the screen. I think we just didn't. We weren't good enough to get a lot of. No, I've, I've, so. I've seen those. They just, they just, they're not, not the same. That much said, I was telling Boat when we did the live stream. I sort of prefer the score down there. It's to me, it was less intrusive. So that was actually. Uh, I like to have seen them put the. I like the LED, but again, it's for kids. They made it fruit, you know, kind of cutesy looking mm-hmm. for the kids. So. So there's that. So we're going to move on to the next uh, pinball table, uh, which was, James. I believe this was James, yeah. Uh, James, his table is hilarious. And the reason it's so funny is it's got all sorts of loops. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like loops, right? You will never hit these loops <laughs> under any circumstances because it suffers from very uh, similar problem, doesn't it, Boat? Right. So the, the, the angles, well, first of all, some of the loops are just out of reach because you can't or at least we were not able to hit the ball that far down the table. Like, even with a perfect shot, the ball just couldn't travel the distance that it needed to go. The loops that are within reach are positioned at the edge of the table at such a strange angle that your ball just will never want to go there. It's like it's like when you go to a baseball game and you wonder why they don't have nets up in certain parts of the field, and they've done the geometry of it, and they say, well, the ball is just not going to come off the bat at this angle. That's the way these loops are. It's like you just can't physically hit the ball to them. Now, loops, really weirdly placed loops or ramps in pinball, it's not un- super unusual. For example, I own the WWF Royal Rumble pinball machine, and the uh, the uh, path to the upper ring play field off the right-hand side is difficult to hit. Mm-hmm. It's a real awkward angle. You have to hit it really precisely. It's a real pain in the butt. Uh, that much said, if you hit it, the ball right, it will go there because you can get it there. The biggest problem with this, I mean, like Boat said, there are ramps, but even if you get the right angle, you're, not only in this game do you have to hit the right angle, you also have to hit it with enough... Uh, uh, power to get it up in there, and it's just almost impossible to. Get. I mean, you have to have luck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has to come and off a pop. Bump I almost or something. was thinking about um, if if there's any way that you can nudge the table forward. You know, do like a combination like nudge hit to give it extra power or anything like that. So 
I didn't see any. But was there an ability to tilt in this? Because I didn't. I I hit the buttons and it didn't. I didn't do it. We didn't look at the controller. Well, I I, I did it at home. Did you? I, yeah. There was nothing there. Um. So, anyway, that table is the worst one in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 it stinks. So we'll move on to the next one, which I believe is that Percy. The next yeah. one, uh, Percy's table is um, colorful. It's got a wire. A trail coming off, which uh, this looks a lot like. I own a game called Firepower Two. All right, you've played Firepower mm-hmm. Two. Firepower Two has a ramp to the immediate right of the lower playfield, just like this, that goes up and around and comes down into the uh, into the ball lane, and it's exactly like this. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, the I, the first time I played this, I'm like, oh, it's Firepower Two. Uh, Firepower Two is better. I can tell you that right now, uh, and again, not I hate to sound rep- <coughs> repetitive, but this uh, this table is just like all the other ones. The ball is real heavy. Uh, there's a uh, uh, there's a uh, kind of a ramp above. It's sort of the upper middle or upper right area of the play field where you can hit the ball if you can get it up in there. There's a there's a bank of targets up there that light. Uh, Percy is pulling his uh, aforementioned canister tanker huge of tanker of milk <laughs> which we debated earlier if that's actually how you transport milk uh, around there's a uh, there's a bonus number bank up in the left uh and you can build up a bonus uh if you can uh <laughs> if you can get the ball around the table enough to do it and it seems like as you progress through these tables maybe it's just my imagination but it seems like the chasm between the flippers just gets wider and wider it does have I commented on this in, in the live stream for a uh, well, you could tell just for people that aren't watching at home, you could tell the guy that was running through these had had enough yeah. because he's hauling butt. <laughs> uh, the the chasm uh, does doesn't really get wider, but it seems like it doesn't. And for a kids game, it seems too wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems too wide to uh, be fair. Yeah, and like there's a what is that thing center called? Post. The, it's a center post, but the center post I, it doesn't hit that often. Yeah, I don't even think they put rubber on it. It's yeah. just like... <laughs> this is the this is the the guy that runs this arcade's a real jerk, right? You know those guys that would remove that center post and stuff. It's like we want the money, that's, no playing. That's you know? right. So anyway, Percy, hey, he's delivering milk. He's got that going for him, but you know. The last one is by far my least favorite of these trains. Toby, the boxy-looking nerd engine. Hey, he's a trolley. Yeah, whatever. He looks like a tool. So <laughs> he's got a cow catcher, though. He's got that going for him. So t- Toby's table is sort of, well, I don't know. It's kind of brown. Are mm-hmm. they going for a wood there? Yeah, you it's think? a wood or, green finish. doesn't really look like that, does it? It just looks like it's tan. Okay. Does it look wood to you? Well, it looks as wood as Toby does. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> So Toby has a, um, gosh, a crazy again. This is my favorite table. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's it's it looks the coolest. Now these all these tables, you know, kind of offer the same amount of replay value in that, like you can't you can't actually <laughs> exactly accomplish same anything in there. Yeah, but like I like the way that the upper part of the playfield, which you only get to see when your ball is shot. I like the way that it's laid out. I like the multiple, like that ramp right there. Like that would be super cool if you could actually hit Come that. The, for those that for yeah. those not watching, there's a, there's a sort of a double ramp on the right hand side of the screen, and then on the left hand side, there's like a, there's a ramp up to a loop into a wire return that mm-hmm. comes down to the right to left so ball it seems, return. It seems modern. It seems like a, a, yeah. a layout you'd see on a, on a real table. Um, I bet anything, all these are copied from pinball machines of that era. Which I, so. I, if I sat down and tried, looked at them all, I bet I could find out which ones they were. Mm-hmm. This one, but look at those pop bubbers, for example. Just there's no, there's no, uh, uh, there's nothing on them. Just brown, mm-hmm. a lot of brown on that yeah, table. They, they it's not, it's not visually more. appealing, right? You know, I mean, this to ponder this, if you will. <clears throat> this was released for the CD32, so you would go on the assumption that hey, you got your AGA graphics. Here's our hot new game machine. Let's play some. Let's play us a pinball. And you load this up. You're like, holy smokes! Well, this you, is AGA. You you've also bought a game that's marketed for you know three to six year olds. So. I know, and I will say the the young kids market they this they have been abused yeah. by people that have made these games for many right. many years. And as far as kids games go, like games that are actually, I mean, you can argue that they're difficult. 
But I'd almost rather have a game that was too difficult than a game that was just total garbage. Well, this game is is not, I would say, how would you place this amongst the three we looked at? The pinball against the other two? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Oh, the, it's definitely the worst. It's just... It's the game that has the least amount of fun in it. And the thing is, and I'll tell you, and we've mentioned this before, we are, we are not here to review games. We just tell you what we think. Mm-hmm. And if someone out there has information that can they could set and tell me, not just me and Boat, but everyone, all the comments I've heard about this, if there's some mystical line of code or an option, a hidden option where you could change that ball density, mm-hmm. th- please, because I would like to give these a fair yeah, shot. Yeah, I think that the, you know all the tables seem like they would be some amount of fun if right. you could just hit the top of it. It's just amazing to me that you would release a product that's this flawed. Right. I mean, that's a big flaw because yeah. pinball's all I got. The ball, that's right. what you've got. That's it. And so that makes the rest of this stuff, and I'm sure they've spent time coming up with the rules for these machines and everything else, and it makes it all pointless. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thumbs down to, for me on, 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 on the pinball game. A real, uh, sort of a real disappointment. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of high hopes. And I, me and my kid played the pinball machine after Boat originally looked at this one that Amiga plays. And he had a lot of fun with it at first, but I mean, he just was hitting the flippers and whacking the ball around. But he held his attention for about a half hour, you know. And then he was just like, "Man!" And and then now he's older because that was a while back, and he'll play proper pinball now. Mm-hmm. He that he wouldn't even give yeah, it. Yeah, any thought. anybody that has played real pinball or a decent pinball game would not want to spend any time with this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I looked this one up on eBay. This is an interesting one. Um, there were none on eBay when I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I did look at the history, and these had, and there were people selling these, and they had sold between sixty and two hundred bucks US. Wow! Three, or there were three copies sold at those prices. A couple were in the upper side of that. So, for whatever reason, it, it, it may be a rare CD32 title, mm-hmm. and I can see why, because surely they couldn't have sold too many of right. these. Uh, but this thing's worth a few bucks on eBay anyway. So if you've if you've got a copy, boy, I'll tell you what: if you're ever going to sell something just to make money, <laughs> this is the game. Just get it, get it out. So overall, I agree with Boat. This is the the probably. I mean, I would say, I don't know. You like you like Thomas number one more than Thomas number two, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I but I I understand the things that you said, and you kind of won me over when you were talking about why you like the second one more. So. Well, I just I mean, not to mention now, if you're playing the second one solo, not as much fun. Mm-hmm. But you know, with, although you do race the computer, so I mean, it's effectively it's the same game. Right. I will say the first one's more attractive, right? But the second one for me is just more of a game. But really, it's not much more. But still, both of them are more playable than the pinball game. So, right. Eh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> a ringing endorsement. <laughs> hey, on the flip side, before we close it out, if you've got a kid, and I'm guessing you've already watched him, if you if you haven't, let the kid check out Thomas. Inoffensive show, right? And let now occasionally you'll get sent to the smelter. Mm-hmm. That's you know, hey, nothing wrong with instilling a little fear in your kid. Yes, sir. And uh, try to catch the old ones that aren't computer animated. They get a lot creepier when the computer animation comes in, and a lot less attractive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Those real-world special effects and stuff, again, they're whether you like kids' shows or not, they're beautiful. They are. They're they really quite are. well done. And the and, and I'm sure that there are other Thomas games released on other platforms that are probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. But the old Amiga, eh, they got some, but they're not the best. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's go ahead and thank all of our supporters, our uh, Patreon fans that make this site possible, this podcast possible. Um I will name them all by name. Well done. Extemporaneously. What does that mean? It means off the cuff. Uh huh. Like the lion. So you're not gonna you're not gonna look at any notes at all. I guess it's not really extemporaneously because I'm about to look at the notes. Yeah. So I'd like to thank our man Alan Kebab. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you everything I know about Alan Kebab. All right. His name is not really Alan Kebab. No. Okay. And I think he's from England. Then we got David McCrandles. Originally from Scotland. Scotland. Now he lives in England. We've got Gary Hucker, who lives the where? Man, the myth, the legend. Where do you remember where he lives? Is he, is he in New Zealand? New Zealand yes, is sir. right. Okay. And his massive collection of awesomeness down there. That's right. He, he has a horde of Amigas. Oh, yes. Will Williams. Uh, our, the genius. Yeah, the, the only staff writer located in the United States. Yes. 
<laughs> the D paint specialist. Yep, the D paint specialist. The art master. Ravi Abbott. Ravi, what a Renaissance man! Yeah, good, good clothing taste. That's right. That's right. Runs oh. a run, runs a pretty darn good show. Co-host of the Retro oh, Hour. Oh yes, Kim Tommy Humbertstad. What a name! He's not from around here. I'm guessing. No, no. Um, Kim, uh, I think he said he told me that Tommy. I don't even think that's his. He, he, it's like his nickname because Kim is not a common name for man. You know, here in the states, mm-hmm. but whenever he's talking to people in the states, he refers to himself as Tommy. Mm-hmm. Where's he? Kim's, where's he at? I think he's in Sweden. Oh, nice. Um, the, but it might be Norway. Well, yeah, you're going to be in trouble then, aren't you? Josh Nan? I've got no information about Josh Nan. He's the Nan. Okay, he is. He's, um, a, he's the Nan. I'll, that's Jason Warns. What can we say about Jason? What can we say about him? He's he's the man, too. We can say more than that. What else can we say? He made our S-Video adapter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were looking to personal stuff. No. I just wasn't. He's a technical genius. That's, 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 that's what I was going for. Uh, Lane? We have no information about Lane. So, Lane? How do you spell that? L-A-N-E. Lane. Yeah. yeah. He's a street. Yeah, he might be. It could be Stan Lane. Sweet Stan Lane to the Midnight Express. Ooh. That'd be Recently awesome. Recently elected to the WWE no. Hall of Fame, right? That was the Rock and Roll Express. They're all the same. Are, oh. <laughs> Just keep reading the names, bro. Stop talking. Eric Nelson. Eric, Eric Nelson. He's a cool guy. Lives in California. He's got an awesome retro setup in his room with a Vectrix. Oh, and, uh, I've got one of those. Apple II GS. I know oh, you've been lusting after one of those. Oh, look at you. So, so it's this guy's taking us down, taking us to task. Yeah, yeah. Um, Graham Vebke, uh, we like him a lot. He wrote us a spectacular review on, um, oh, what did he write it on? It was on Medium, uh, just about the podcast oh, he I likes love that to listen show. to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul Harrington. Um Boy, I wish we knew more about Paul. Paul Harrington. Yeah. yeah, come on, Paul. Slip us a bone here. We need to... Yeah. Nan, you too. Rob O'Hara. Uh, we know a little about that guy. Flat, crazy. Hey, he actually put out a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. It was good. It was good. Uh, Laurent Giroux. Uh, oh, I just like hearing you say his name. Yeah. Laurent Giroux. And uh, I always thought that he was in France, but he's actually in Canada. Because it sounds like a French assassin. Right. He, Laurent maybe Giroux. that's why he's in Canada. He's undercover. It <laughs> so, makes sense. Uh, Jonas Rulo. Uh, he is in Hawaii. Are you kidding me? You're looking yeah. like a king out there. Yeah, he is. Man. Palm trees. Why would you need podcasts? I don't know. The I ocean just, is yeah. your podcast, right? <laughs> Cole Bjorn Barman. And he said, the reason why I pronounce his name that way is because he instructed me to pronounce his name like Gimli would. I love it. Um, where, where is Gilbert Brownville? You know, it's he's got a, one of those O's with the line through it. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say probably Iceland. Slick. That yeah. Does, wow. That makes sense, too, the name. Yeah. It's like a barbarian. He's up there wearing right. skins. Exactly. He's got a big club. He's wailing on seals. <laughs> I love it. Tapes from the crypt. We Tapes from the crypt. He's a he's got a he's an interesting collector. That that great blog. He's got a great blog, and I I like uh, any old VHS guys, which he is. That always amuses me. Although I'm getting ready to get out of the business, but uh, <laughs> are, are you are you liquidating? The, I've got the collection? to. Oh, I haven't announced that yet, but uh, yeah, there's a big announcement in my personal life coming up that involves oh. me getting rid of a lot of my crap. All right. Well, uh, we will uh, save that. Save one. that one. Um, Adam Bradley, uh, we know him from, uh, he's the guy that does the, uh, Vintage Computer Festival Southeast. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which, which, why are we, we've got to, we got to uh, get to one it. One of these days we'll make it down is to that, Atlanta. This is the one that's, yeah, that's the one that's in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, Atlanta mm-hmm. is a pretty, pretty good town. I've heard that. I've heard that it's I've had a lot place. of fun down there. I've went to some weird places down mm-hmm. there, man, but, whew. Not not necessarily my cup of tea, but they've got a college area that's pretty fun. A lot of good shops. Mm-hmm. They have a good time down there too. So yeah, we'll make it down there for a special live amigos. Oh my god, can you imagine that? <laughs> that would be what great. They're okay. all live. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> It's not like you're editing these hard. <laughs> oh, I'm at, oh, very careful editing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Folds. Chris Folds. Chris Folds. That's all that needs to be said about Enough that. Enough said. Daniel Bingston. We the need, Bing. We, yeah, the Big Bing. We need the to know Bing. more about you, Daniel. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, home of just a fantasy land of all that is great. I see his stuff up on Facebook, and it's it's a very odd mix of yeah, stuff. He's the, the, anything you know retro in Norway, you can find at his his shop. Yeah, we love O'Brien's. Um, Chad Halstead. Chad, I don't know him. No. 
But uh, he's he's an amigo. Hat uh, Chad. Hat Chad, we call him. He was he was uh, right on board with a couple of these Thomas games, right? Yeah. He did too, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, was well, he he's, he's my primary source of information about Thomas. So. Oh, <laughs> his son, yeah. anyway. Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, your your brother, Brent. Brent. He's a, he's a piece of work, this one. Yep. I just saw him earlier today, and he's up to no good. And final, this name is always at the end from the time that we did Barracuda is the song. Brutal Barracuda. I love and it. And Brutal Barracuda, I'm sorry that I misspelled your name on the credits, but I just haven't gone How back to How did you misspell it? it? I, I spelled Brutal wrong. I was, so, <laughs> wow. I was so focused on spelling Barracuda you right. Misspelled brutal, eh? I misspelled Brutal. So. Look at how you come up with that moniker, Brutal Barracuda. That's a, you think he bit a dude? You'll have to write in and let us know, BB. Yeah. We want to know. Because Barracudas have big teeth. They do. Yeah. Maybe he's swimming in a pool. You saw a dude. Do I mean, if you're going to write an adjective in front of uh, Barracuda, I mean, Because they're, in, they're inherently brutal. Right. You're not going to have a gentle Barracuda. No, 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 no. no. And we'd like to thank uh, the Retro Gaming Network. Uh, which we got our Let's Play videos from. Also, World of Long Plays, Zeus Daz, all these guys that we uh, we borrow their videos to throw up on the uh, on the the live stream or not the live stream, but the podcast. If you're watching the video version, um, make sure you check out their channels. They've got a lot of good stuff on there. Oh yeah, they and uh, they're a hardworking bunch. They've, yeah. they've covered almost everything. Right. Yeah, there's very few things that you're not going to see that they did. So next week, Aaron. Uh, this is going to be one of your picks. We're going to do Aqua Games. Oh, Aqua Games! I can't wait. Was that was that Flash Gordon? That was Aqua Lung. You know, oh. I, is oh you know Jethro Tull not a fan? I, is that this? Bam, 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 bam. Well, it's 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 better than that, but yeah, Aqua Aqua, Aqua Lung. Lung Aqua Games. We we sort of we dipped our toe in the pool. And is, we want more. Is this James Pond in the Aqua game? That's games? right. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited. I thought what it was going to be some was? crap game. No. Well, we, remember we said we wouldn't do a full show on this because we true. liked it so much. It's man. And we really, and also it was kind of glitchy when we did it. Mm. We're going to do it upright. Who suggested this back in the day? Was that O'Brien? Oh, I think it was O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I like this more than the other yeah, me too. Unfortunately, yeah, so. we're suckers for you know multi I, uh, multi event. I, you know, I grew up playing summer games and stuff. Mm. And man, I just I just love that crap. Yeah. Now maybe we'll go back and it stinks. So we'll have to see. But yeah. I, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, we'll find out. Until next time. Adios. Adios.